0: Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome once again to the Packernet podcast. I am your host and resident analyst, as always, Ryan Schlipp. Check us out online, packernet.com. Find me on Twitter, pack underscore... Dada. So today's going to have to be a little bit of a short episode. I, I was doing a live stream. I just realized it's already 730. So I, I'm supposed to be going to bed in a half hour. That's obviously not going to happen. But um, look, it's it's obviously on good terms. Um, it's a good day, but l- let's get the negatives out of the way. First of all, obviously, first things first, injuries. Um, it's hard to even know where to start as far as which one's more severe. The Rashawn Gary injury was so bad they refused to show the replay despite the fact that we saw the replay but um you know until we get any concrete news back I'm not really going to speculate too much but um Rashawn's probably going to be missing some time if not the year Aaron Jones you know people are trying to take solace in the fact they didn't take him back to the tent I don't know that they need to necessarily rush that I think it's really just a matter of we know it's We know it's at least this. It's just a matter of how much worse it's going to get. I don't think there's necessarily any kind of immediate treatment or anything that they needed to do. And I don't know of any rule that says you have to go get an MRI immediately after it happens, you know, to find out how bad it is. But um, they're they're speculating that it's a sprain, not a tear, which is good. But it also just kind of leaves it open to, you know, I mean, a a sprain could be short term, it could be long term, could be the year, we don't know. So Aaron Jones is down probably for a while. Uh, Rashawn Gary's down probably for a while. And uh, Whitney Merciless got hurt, and he was kind of hanging his arm. And the way that he was kind of pointing at his arm <clears throat> looked like something maybe tore or pulled or something in, in his, from the top of his bicep down to his forearm. But again, I don't want to overly speculate. I'm just pointing out that it happened, and um, the injury bug continues to be a massive problem for this team. I had said earlier that it's more a matter of high-profile guys getting hurt, not so much quantity. At this point, it's both. It only seems to be our best players, and it's pretty much all of them, Um, up to and including Aaron Rodgers if you count COVID, Um, having lost him for a week. I mean, everyone's pretty much been out. Again, I'm not going to name names. Last time I did mention somebody that hasn't been out yet, um, they immediately went down that very next game. So I will never be doing that again. But it's basically been everybody. Um, other negatives. The offense. Here's what I'll say about the offense. I kind of mentioned this on the stream. I think the Seattle defense basically played well enough to where they required our offense to play a perfect game. Right? If you make a mistake, we're gonna we're we're gonna crush you for that. If you throw an incompletion, if you have a drop, whatever, that's going to be your undoing. You, you got to play a real clean game if you're going to go all the way down and score. And the fact of the matter is they didn't play a super clean game. I don't know that there was anything devastating. You know, we we've watched a lot of games where you look and just say, this is bad. Last week, that was ugly in, in a lot of ways. The punting, the returning, the kicking, the... Uh, Offensive line, as far as run blocking and pass blocking, the running backs, the 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 quarterback, the everything, the play calling, everything just felt bad. If you look at the offense this week, I mean, what was really bad was the offensive line bad. Eh, probably could have been, and, and I think that's the thing. Every every single every single position group, most of the players, you could say they should have been a little better, but nobody was horrible. The offensive line could have been a little better. Rogers didn't have a ton of time as far as pass blocking goes. And the run blocking, there were a couple holes, but for the most part, it was just AJ Dillon pushing a one-yard gain into a four-yard gain. Aaron Rodgers didn't play horribly, but he didn't play great. There were a couple errant passes, uh, at least one bad decision when he doubled when he chucked it to double-covered. Um, Lazard, as opposed to just dumping it off to Dylan, who was all, you know, little stuff like that. But, and even that, I'm, I'm fine saying, listen, he was a little discombobulated because it was, he had a week off and he didn't have any training or, or, you know, practice with the team. He came back Saturday. He's going to be a little bit rusty. And as much as I used to think that doesn't matter, um, I'm starting to realize that does matter, especially for this team that can never win coming off a bye. Um, the wide receivers, um, not terrible, but should have been better, yes. Um, you had Devante who had a drop, which again, it, every drop was a tough pass. Devante had one where it's like, that was a tough pass, but it's also like, you know what? Devante usually gets that. There was the one play where Devante didn't turn around. Lazard had like three drops on one catch on the day or something ridiculous. And, and again, every one of those drops was a really tough catch, but you got to catch at least some of them right? Especially Lazard, who's, who's kind of made a name for himself being that guy that's just bigger and stronger than everybody. And he's got these five, ten, 186 pound corners flying up and laying hits on him and knocking the ball loose. And the, and the one where he was, that I talked about where she should have dumped it to Dylan because Lazard was double covered or whatever. It was good coverage, but they never touched the ball and they never touched him. It just went right through his hands. So again, was it a horrible day? It wasn't like it hit him in the chest or right in the hands and they dropped it. These are really, really tough throws, tough catches. And so again, if I try to point to any one person that had a horrible day, I mean, a low-hanging fruit would be Royce Newman, but I don't know that. I know he had one bad play for sure, um, and I just assume he was terrible all day. I don't know. Aaron Jones, I mean, those screen passes were fantastic, and I'm not going to rip on a guy that got hurt and everything, so we'll leave that be. Dylan was great. But again, it's just, it's... it's that seems to be the problem with the Packers is it's not that they don't look good. It's that they just have a hard time maintaining. They're not consistent enough. And maybe it is because they don't have those number two receivers, et cetera, et cetera, which didn't used to be a problem in the past. But the fact that we have not seen Lazard step up basically all year, like he has not had. And that's the thing with Lazard. I mean, he, he's never been an every week kind of a guy, but he would step up 50% of the time. And MVS was never an every week guy, but he'd step up once every three, four, five weeks. And I know he just got back, but I'm just saying, we haven't had that consistent presence that's been able to complement Devontae. And no, this isn't me crying about Odell Beckham. I'm just saying, it's an issue. It's part of what made the Green Bay offense so good is there's so many weapons, somebody's bound to step up and they just haven't really hit their stride. And, and I can't help but think, what they need to embrace is the fact that they're not going to hit their stride until they lean into this run game. Because when they lean into it, it just seems to work. And when they pull out of it, it just doesn't. The more they put it on the shoulders, doesn't matter if it's Jordan Love or Aaron Rodgers, the more they lean on those guys, the more things tend to fall apart. You still got to have it. And I'm not saying all the time, but just more running. Just lean on it a little more. Things stop working when we just start throwing, 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 throwing and just abandoning the run, which doesn't make any sense. When we played Arizona, we rode the run game and AJ Dillon like nothing else. We basically took the ball out of Aaron Rodgers' hands and said we're gonna run the ball. And it worked. This game, AJ Dillon, won us the game basically, by just being a snowplow. But point is they, they they've got to figure out a way to just kind of find their groove a little bit more. Because there's 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 tough defenses in the NFL, you know? And and granted, we've gone up against some of the best. Steelers, Cardinals, technically the the Seahawks, if you look at it in terms of points. But th- those are the two things that are that are kind of making me question, you know, and, and it just makes me sick because the defense is just unbelievable. But the injuries and the offense kind of just being decent and not really great is is making me a little bit nervous in terms of really believing wholeheartedly that this team is just primed for for a Super Bowl. Now, on the flip side, the more you look at these other teams, like who who is the best team in football right now? Because You got a lot of skeptics, and and the skeptics are going to make some great points about why the Packers are not really the best team in football. And I think there's some validity to that. The special teams is a disaster. It's a complete disaster that I've completely left out of this. We missed another field goal today. It's a nightmare how bad our special teams is. Um, But again, if if you look around, who, who is better in the NFL? Baltimore, they just lost to Miami. They just lost to Miami. Buffalo lost to Jacksonville last week. Tampa Bay just lost to Washington. Dallas got blown up last week. The Saints just lost. Cleveland is just, the, I mean, they, they've they kind of just given up, I think. Arizona, I know they've lost their quarterback and their wide, in their top wide receiver and everything, but 34-10? to 10, Part of the reason their team was so good is they had the number one defense in football, and they've just gotten just kicked around like nothing the last couple times. The Packers beat them up. Now Carolina beat them up. I mean, and that's one of those things that'll demoralize you. Again, this is a team that has found newfound success. They don't know how to be champions. They don't know how to dig deep and overcome stuff like this. It's it's a it's a talent thing. It's a skill. And you start getting kicked around and start getting embarrassed and start slipping and sliding a little bit, and it can get away from you. So if it's not the Packers, who is it? And And again, you can make a case for teams but whatever you use to say the Packers aren't it, you're going to have a hard time finding a team that is it. Packers have the best record in the NFL right now. Well, the Tennessee Titans, maybe? No, 8-2. and two. Yeah, so the, the Titans are 8-2, and two, the Arizona Cardinals are 8-2, and two, the Packers are 8-2, that's it. And it's crazy, too, because you, you look at these teams and you feel like the Packers haven't even really hit their stride yet. And you got to assume there's there's a bunch of, you know, teams that have not lost yet or maybe just have one loss. Nobody. Buffalo Bills are 5 and 3. The Baltimore Ravens are 7 or 6 and 4 now that they lost. I'm looking at PFR and it hasn't updated yet, so I'm I'm kind of trying to remember what happened this week. So the number 1 team in the AFC East is 6 and 3. The number 1 team in the NFC AFC North is six and four. The Titans are eight and two in their division. The Raiders—they're playing right now and they're losing to Kansas City. Um And I'm trying to find that. Yeah, that that whole division. So that that's for taking over the division, basically. Whoever wins that, Chiefs are five and four. Raiders are five and three. Whoever wins is going to be the only team with six wins in that entire division. Teams are just struggling this year. There really isn't. And I shouldn't even say teams are struggling. It's just amazing how close everything is. Usually you've got teams way at the top, teams way at the bottom. There's like three or four teams that you know are just dominant. That just really isn't the case this year. Maybe a little bit in the NFC, but, you know, in, in the NFC North, obviously. Packers are 8-2. Next best team is the Vikings at 4-5. and five. Uh, In the NFC East, you got the Cowboys at 7-2. and two. And then the next best team is the Giants and Eagles. Or no, the, the Eagles, because they won at 4-6. and six. But you look at uh, Tampa lost, so they go to six and three. The Saints lost, so they're at five and four. The Falcons won, so they're at five and four. Panthers won, so they're at five and five. That's the that's that division. I don't know who's first, second, third, or fourth. I mean, anybody could be anywhere. You assume it's Tampa number one, Saints number two. Mm, After that, it's kind of a comp. But who's to say? And again, if if they keep playing the way that they're playing. The Packers, that is. There's no reason they shouldn't be by far the best team. You know, the Rams seem scary, but I already talked about the Rams. They haven't had, they've had, I think, one impressive win this entire season. They're a mediocre team. I mean, just based on what we've seen so far. And so they've got to go in and they've got to beat San Francisco and they should probably try to do it convincingly because I'm not convinced of anything with that team. But listen, ultimately at the end of the day, this team is good enough to get into the playoffs and we know they're going to get into the playoffs. And yeah, getting that first round bye is cool. Maybe it's not really great for the Packers because they don't do real good coming out of byes and all that, but that's a separate issue. Did fine last year. The issue really is going to come down to what team do we have in the playoffs? And there's some really positive things here. Playoff football is about cold weather, smash mouth, tough football. That's the Packers right now. I mean, if you're saying, I mean, who plays that style of football better? It's not the Chiefs. You need to have defense. Of all the top teams, who has defense? LA? LA does. Are they playing tough smash-mouth football? Not really, no. They're kind of an aired out team. But, you, I mean, you can win with that. That's fine, as long as your defense is there. The problem is their defense right now is ranked 10th. So that that number one overall dominant defense from last year, it's not quite the same defense. Who else? I mean, who's... who's uh, the Buccaneers are, are an obvious one, um, but again, you got to look at what the Buccaneers actually are now, not just remembering what they were last year, which is that kind of tough, stingy, real good defense. Um, they're ranked 13th right now in terms of points. Number one offense, at least they used to be. We'll see what happens after this uh, embarrassing display this week, getting only 19 points against Washington. By the way, the other thing that you need is consistency. And if you look at Tampa, they've got some impressive wins, right? 31 points, 48 points, then 24, which is whatever, and then 19, which is not great, then 45, right? They just destroy Miami 45. 28 against the Eagles, eh, okay, destroy the Bears 38. Then 27, which is okay, and then again 19 this week. So it's, it's been very volatile, and it's kind of the same with the defense. I mean, just looking at Chicago, the defense gave up three points. The next week against the Saints, they gave up 36 points. That's the, that's, that's the kind of thing that the Packers used to do all the time. Consistency is important because in the NFL, it's not best of seven. And if you're going to win consistently every single time to the to the Super Bowl and through the Super Bowl, you have to be consistent. And a lot of that comes down to defense because it keeps things from getting completely out of whack. You don't have to score 45 points to beat a team that put up 42 points. The defense just kind of keeps the score low enough to just let your offense get over that bar. So if your offense scores 21, you win. If your offense scores 35, you win. Because we keep that bar nice and low for you. I mean, honestly, right now, I mean, maybe Dallas? Dallas looks pretty good. I mean, their defense, though, the defense is, I don't think their defense is good enough. I mean, they gave up 30 to the Broncos. I mean, that kind of stinks. It's like, well, that was a one-time thing. you know? Well, you gave up 30 to New England, too, and 31 to the Buccaneers. 28 to Carolina. Carolina doesn't have a good offense. I mean, they certainly didn't in week four. So again, there's there's some impressive stuff, but the volatility is rough. And even offensively, um, the last two weeks after their bye, 16 and 20 points. So even that is kind of iffy. So and, and you can do the same thing with the Packers, right? I mean, the offense has not been impressive since week three, like I said. But what I love is the consistency. I mean, offensively, technically, there's consistency, but also defense. 0, 13, 21, 10, 14, 22, 17, 28, 17, and 38. After that 38, I mean, it's just, it's, 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 it's remarkable. It's really remarkable how few points have been scored here. I just, I cannot remember a Packers team. I, I'm, I, I need, I'm going to look it up right now. So since 2000, the only defense that did better in this stretch from week two till now was the 2010 Green Bay Packers, who allowed 126 points. Right now we're allowing 142. Um, 2007 was 146. 2001 was 161. So it drops off pretty quickly after that. In fact, if you go all the way back to 1990, this is still the fourth best defense that we've seen. Uh, 1996, obviously unbelievable defense was third with 141. So basically, we're one point different than the 1996 Packers defense. Uh, 1994, 133, and then again 2010, 126 points given up. Anyways, um, we'll take a look at a little bit more of that statistics and whatnot after the break. But we do need to take a break. If you'd like to support the podcast, you can do so. I greatly appreciate it. Patreon.com forward slash Pack underscore Daddy. You can join for as little as a dollar a month. There are some perks if you up it beyond that. Go over there and see what you can find. Otherwise, we're going to take a break. We'll be right back. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. All right, so let's start real simply here. Let's go through a couple of the statistics, and we'll look at some of the insights here. Aaron Rodgers, 22 of 37, 292 yards and a pick. Obviously, Aaron Rodgers, not not his best day ever. Um, Again, I'm blaming it on COVID. Hopefully, next week is a bounce-back week. A.J. Dillon, 21 carries, 66 yards, and two touchdowns. I tell you what, 3.1-yard average kind of shocks me a little bit. I I could swear. I mean, granted, he had a bunch of just grunt yards so many times. Most of his carries were just smashing into a pile of bodies, getting two yards or so, but he had some chunks, man. Plus, his real big play came on a pass, so there's that. Aaron Jones, 7 of 25, 3.6 yards. So technically, on the ground, the Packers running backs didn't do a ton. It was enough, and I was more than thrilled with it, but... um, On an average basis, that was relatively low. Patrick Taylor also, two carries, seven yards, 3.5 yard average. I thought he looked great. Maybe it's partly because the defense was pretty worn down at that point. So there were some decent sized holes for him to run through, but uh, he didn't hesitate at all. He found the hole and he just took what was given to him. Receiving Devontae Adams, seven receptions, 78 yards. That also shocks me. I would have told you he had like three catches on the day. I don't know what game I was watching, man. I was just, I don't know, I was just lost. AJ Dillon, two receptions, 62 yards crazy. Aaron Jones, four receptions, 61 yards. MVS had the one catch for 41 yards, which is literally all we want from MVS. Give me that one 42-yard catch, and I'm good to go. It'd be nice if it was 41 yards and a touchdown, but that's what MVS gives you. Randall Cobb, three receptions, 21 yards. Mercedes, two for 10. Josiah getting a little bit involved, but um, also caught some scorn from Aaron Rodgers for not doing the right stuff. He's still got a ways to go with the mental part of the game, which is frustrating and annoying because it's like, come on, man, please figure this out but it's part of the process. Some people figure it out fast, some people don't. We'll see how it goes. Alan Lazard, one catch, four targets, six yards. So I was, I think, almost pretty much exactly right on that. Tyler Davis, one reception, four yards. And I was real confused when I saw him running around. Um, I was like, who in the world is that guy? I have no idea what that number is. Apparently, that's Tyler Davis. Defensively, Adrian Amos, one interception, three pass deflections. Kevin King with a pick and a pass deflection. Razul Douglas, Darnell Savage, and Eric Stokes, all with a pass deflection. That that group of DBs right there, ladies and gentlemen, that's ridiculous. That's just ridiculous. Um, Some other defensive notes, Devondre Campbell, Razul Douglas, Whitney Merciless, Rashawn Gary, Preston Smith, all with tackles for a loss. Sacks, Whitney Merciless, and Rashawn Gary, also Preston Smith with a real clutch uh, sack in the game. Uh, Mason Crosby, obviously one for two, 27 yards was his longest two for two on extra points though. So that's a plus. Corey Bohorquez, um, three punts, 46 and 0.7 yards, one inside the 20, as long as 50. You think he did have one kind of not great punt, but, uh, otherwise, you know, whatever. Amari Rogers, despite the complaining by uh, Mr. Adam on Twitter, I thought he did a decent job. I don't know what the complaining was about. This is if he's ever had a good day as a returner, I thought it was today, um, but anyways, overall, pretty happy with that. Some of the uh, interesting little tidbits here: Seattle Seahawks were shut out for the first time since Week Two of 2011, which is to say Russell Wilson has never been shut out, and 2011 was literally 10 years ago, so a long time ago since the Seahawks have been shut out. I also looked into it because they didn't put it on these on this uh, little group of insights here, so I took it upon myself to look it up. The Packers did have a shutout, I think, in 2018. But prior to that, the last shutout was 2010. So if it wasn't for that 2018 shutout, we would have had a pretty fun little stat there. But I think we shut out the Bills or something like 22 nothing. Check this out for a defensive stat. No quarterback has passed for three touchdowns or has a 100-plus passer rating versus the Packers since week one, which is tied for the longest active streak in the NFL. That's crazy. This is a Packers defense, ladies and gentlemen. The Packers are 8-0 in games with 1-plus defensive interception this season. 0-2 with zero interceptions, so you got to get that one pick. Fortunately, that happens every game, nearly. The home team has won every game between the Seahawks and Packers since 2010. I was saying that for a while, that um, it it kind of depends on the home team. I thought we had beaten them in Seattle, though. I guess I'm wrong about that. I could have swore we kind of broke that little trend, but maybe not. Aaron Rodgers has won 11 straight regular season home games versus non-divisional opponents. His last loss was week four of 2019 against Philadelphia. The Packers have allowed 17 points or fewer in six games this season, which is tied for the most in the NFL. Packers defense, what the heck? Here's a fun stat. Russell Wilson's interception in the fourth quarter was his 12th in nine career games versus Green Bay, which includes playoff games. The second most... Versus any single opponent in his career. It's crazy considering he plays three other teams twice a year. 12 picks in nine games against the Packers. Devontae Adams has three plus receptions in 57 straight games, which is the sixth longest streak since at least 1950. And I was flipping over to PFF to find out what they've got. Um, Russell Wilson, especially his downfield accuracy, was struggling. I don't know if it's his finger or what, but Weeks one through five, when Russell was playing, he was 24 of 38, 646 yards, seven touchdowns, and one pick. On uh, what are you talking about? Get out of here. I got pop ups. Come on. Just hey, we're going to do an update on your Epson printer. No, you're not. Get out of my face. Seven touchdowns and one pick week one through five. Week 10 against the Packers, he was two of 15, which is crazy. It had 15 attempts. It's about half of his attempts from weeks one through five, but two of 15, 34 yards. Zero touchdowns, two interceptions. Um, According to PFF, this is going to be a real bad game for Rodgers, which again, maybe it's that whole he didn't practice and didn't come back until Saturday, but this is what they had to say. Outside of his dud in the season opener against New Orleans, this was Rodgers' worst performance of the season. He did enough to come away with the victory, though. Rodgers got rid of the ball, the football in 2.5 seconds on average, and 78% of his passing yards in the game came after the catch. Um, Personally, again, I take that as good news. There's a reason why... Apparently, this guy cannot rest. Anytime he's not focused on football all the time, like, you know, again, I I, I said on this podcast, who cares if he didn't play in the preseason? It's not that big of a deal. We don't need to play our starters. They're professionals. They'll figure it out. We came out and just played horribly, especially Rodgers. Rodgers sat around and wasn't able to practice with the team for a week. And uh, look what happened. And again, coming off a bye, this team is generally pretty bad. So, But again, the, the good news is we won the game in convincing fashion. We won by 17 points. That's a lot. That's a big margin. I mean, that's like a 20 to 37 game. It's the same margin. 17 points. By the way, I just got this. And and again, it's maybe call it lame excuse if you want, but this just kind of goes to show about the whole what it means to not practice. This via Tom Pelissero. After preparing, preparing virtually this week while finishing COVID isolation, Packers quarterback Aaron Rodgers said today was Ron Burgundy-ish in the huddle, where he had to repeat exactly what Matt LaFleur said over the headset, rather than the calls being second nature from practice reps, because he didn't take any. So again, it's just it's just little stuff like that. It makes a difference. So when they say this is his worst game, that's fine, because there's a reason for it. And you expect it to get better. And especially if we put it all on Rodgers, even better. Even better. Let's say this whole game was Rodgers' fault. Great. That means when Rodgers gets better next week, the entire offense goes up completely because everybody else was fine. I know they weren't, but I'm just saying. The more of this that's Rodgers' fault, the better. Um, As far as the running backs, they don't have a ton of interesting stats or anything here, but they did say Dylan wasn't overly efficient from a yardage standpoint, 3.1 yards per carry, but eight of his 21 carries resulted in first downs or touchdowns. He's got some will, man. (laughs) He knows right where that line is, and he's pushing. Devontae Adams, moving on to wide receivers, tight ends. Devonte Adams dominated the production from this unit outside of a 41-yard connection between Rodgers and MVS down the sideline. Adams caught seven passes for 78 yards. All other Packers, wide receivers, and tight ends combined for 91. Again, there just isn't any help outside of Devontae, and that kind of sucks. And I know, OBJ, I get it. I understand. Let's, let's see if he actually does anything in LA before we get upset. Beyond that, it doesn't matter already been reported. He wanted to go to L.A. That was his destination all along. He Apparently, he begged um, Jalen Ramsey to go put in a word for him to Sean McVay. He did not want to come to Green Bay. He said he wanted to go to L.A. partially because he knows he can make a ton of money in L.A. because it's L.A., like in, in endorsement deals and stuff. And on top of that, he wants to live in L.A. So that's why he wanted to play for L.A. Anyways... Uh, offensive line, again, this is just their first look and a peek into what we might see tomorrow. The Packers' offensive line graded much better in pass protection than run blocking as a unit, big shocker. Pending review, Rogers was pressured on less than a quarter of his dropbacks while the Packers averaged just over 3.0 yards per run play. Defensive line, Preston Smith, Kenny Clark, and Rashawn Gary all finished PFF's initial review of the game with three or more pressures, aided by Wilson's propensity to hold on to the ball 3.5 seconds. Second time to throw, that's ridiculous, but that's not new. He's always been really high. Gary left the game in the second half, blah, blah, blah. don't want to hear it. Devondre Campbell played over twice as many snaps, 61, as the rest of Green Bay's linebackers combined 30. Campbell wasn't around the ball a ton as the first contact defender on just three plays, but he had a solid all-around performance. Secondary, it says, hard to find much fault with this unit given Wilson's performance, especially given that they were still without Jair Alexander. It was a big game for Adrian Amos at safety with an interception and multiple forced incompletions. So not a whole lot of information that we didn't know. But again, it's always a nice peak. Usually they have some good stats here, but not a ton so far today. Oh, and I just remember I let let it all ride on the Packers today. So I uh, nearly doubled my money today. That's nice. I forgot PFF does have some better stats here. Um, Aaron Rodgers' passer rating was a 75.3. Russell Wilson, 39.7. I need to look up. That's another thing I want to look up. So based on passer rating, that was his first fourth worst game of his entire career. He had a 38.8 in 2016 uh, against Tampa, a 38.7 against uh, San Francisco in 2012, and his worst was a 37.9 against Minnesota in 2018. So this was his fourth worst passer rating of his career. By the way, again, pretty easy math. I could have done this anyways, but looking at yards per reception, um, is pretty hilarious here. MVS, 41 yards per reception. That's standard. Aaron Jones, 15.2. A.J. Dillon, 31. <laughs> it's just stupid. These are our running backs. They're catching screen passes. Anyways, folks, I probably need to pack it up here. Um, it wasn't a perfect win, but it was it was a great win. You know, I mean, again, you won by 17 points. Do I wish the Packers had scored more points? Of course. Um, Aaron Rodgers had a rough day because he didn't practice all week. And, um, you know, the offensive line could do a better job run blocking. Wide receivers would be nice if they'd step up outside of Devontae. But they're close, man. I mean, again, Rodgers wasn't horrible. He was a little bit off. Wide receivers aren't horrible. They're a little bit off. This team is close. Again, if, if, if Rodgers had played against Kansas City, that would have been a blowout. They would have blown out Kansas City. I and mean, instead of being 8-2, and two, they'd be 9-1. But... Um, We'll dig in a little bit more on this, and then it's off to Minnesota, man. Big game. It's in Minnesota. It's a division rival. Um, it's a team that I don't think is going to cut us any slack. So you know, similar to Seattle, if you're not going to bring your A game, if you're going to be slack, and you're going to struggle. And yeah, we got injuries to boot. We'll see who comes back and who doesn't. But uh, cross that bridge when we come to it. You folks have yourselves a fantastic Monday. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Have a good one. Bye bye.